0: Here with Mr. Jack Benny in a highly unusual fantasy about an angel who was sent down from higher places to destroy the earth. A story which contains more than first meets the ear. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Benley finally got here, and tonight we present him with Mr. Claude Rains in, of all things, The Horn Blows at Midnight. This is the Ford Theater.
1: Welcome to a full hour of the finest dramatic entertainment with celebrated stars of Broadway and Hollywood. Presented by the Ford Motor Company, builder of Ford cars, Ford trucks and farm tractors, Lincoln and Mercury cars, including the new 1949 Lincoln Cosmopolitan, America's most distinctive fine car, unrivaled for superb performance and luxurious appointments. Now to introduce this evening's program, here is the director of the Ford Theater, let your Michael.
0: Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, all disputes, all threats, pleadings, persuasions, and all kidding aside, we're proud and pleased to welcome to the Ford Theater one of the great comedians of the world, Mr. Jack Benny.
2: <laughs>
0: Co-starring with Mr. Benny in the long-heralded Horn Blows at Midnight, we're very happy to have with us one of the most accomplished actors of Broadway and Hollywood, Mr. Claude Raines. This is the second program, by the way, in our Festival of Smiles, which concludes next week with Mr. Bing Crosby. The theme of the Warner Brothers picture on which tonight's broadcast is based caused much comment when it was released some seasons ago. Being a fantasy having to do with the destruction of the Earth, the picture clearly raised a controversial issue. And we of the Ford Theater firmly believe that while a radio version of the Horn Blows at Midnight will not end any arguments... It will at least add zest to them. So come with us beyond the Earth's atmosphere on counted light years through space to a place very high above us. The office of the chief of the small planets, an important executive in the system of the universe. You'll be hearing Claude Raines as the chief, with Mr. Benny as a minor angel named Nathaniel. And of course, any similarity between these characters and any characters living is quite impossible. <laughs> Mr. Benny, Mr. Rains and company, please to begin.
3: Horatio, I tell you, something has to be done about it. Here it is, 1949... And that dreadful little planet is worse off than it ever was. What's the name of it again?
1: Number 33974. It is called Earth.
3: Oh, yes. Nasty little globe. It's always given me trouble, but now it's absolutely out of hand. Two world wars, persecution, hatred everywhere. Greed, intolerance, bloodshed. I'm just about fed up. What are you going to do, Chief? I'm going to destroy it, Horatio. I'm going to wipe it off the face of the... Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm... 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 I'm going to destroy it. Without any warning? Well, the front officers warn warned them often enough. Quakes, floods, droughts, plagues, everything. But they pay no attention. You know, those Earth people aren't satisfied with making a mess of their own planet. Why, they're not even working on rockets to get to the moon. What do they want up there, Chief? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're overloaded with the rich crackers and they believe that stuff about the moon being made of green
2: cheese. <laughs>
3: I'll for Elizabeth, my secretary. I'm going to settle this once and for all.
2: Did you ring, Chief? Yes,
3: come in, Elizabeth. I want you to take down some notes. I'm destroying one of the smaller planets, and I want you to send copies to the recording angels. Uh Uh-oh. What's the matter?
4: It won't make a hit with the recording department. They're swamped with work.
3: Oh, it's always something. What's their complaint?
4: Same old thing. Shortage of angel power. I'm drawing up a new personnel questionnaire.
3: Another one? Uh More red tape. I never saw such incompetence, such inefficiency. You know, this place needs a few big businessmen to run things up here. We need them. And they better start letting them in. That's all I've got to say.
4: What planet are you destroying, Chief?
3: 33974. It's called Earth. Earth?
4: Well, that was created rather hurriedly, as I remember.
3: Yes, it was a six-day job. Basically <laughs> slapped together. Well, I'm going to slap it apart.
4: How are you going to do it, Chief?
3: Well, usually our demolition expert descends, blows his horn, and poof. Just poof? Well, for some of the larger jobs, it's (laughs) poof-poof. But this happens to be a one-poof planet. Anyway, our demolition expert is busy on another assignment, and I'll have to find someone else. Elizabeth... Who would you suggest?
2: What
4: about a Samuel?
3: A Samuel? That nincompoop! That blundering nitwit!
2: <laughs>
4: he's not a nincompoop, and he's not a nitwit either. And you shouldn't call him those names, Chief. Remember, he's an angel.
3: Some angel? I don't see how he ever got his wings. Elizabeth, what do you see in him, anyway?
4: Well, he's sweet and kind and understanding, and he plays the trumpet beautifully.
3: That's right. He does play, doesn't
4: he? He's been 455th trumpet in the Ethereal Philharmonic Orchestra for over 300 years. Then he
3: certainly ought to be able to blow the horn. Go fetch him, Elizabeth.
4: I will, Chief, immediately. He's rehearsing with the orchestra now.
5: Daniel, please. Once again, gentlemen, and all together this time... Step up here, please.
6: Yes, Mr. Beethoven. Uh, What is it, sir?
5: For 120 years, I've been conducting this orchestra. And for 120 years, you've been playing the wrong notes. Why? Tell me why.
6: Well, it's, it's a hard number, and it takes practice. I'm sure I'll get it if you'll just be patient a little while longer.
2: A little while longer?
6: Yeah, besides, what's the rush? We're not going anywhere. What has that got to do
5: with it? We've got 10,000 men in this orchestra, 9,999 musicians, and you. Huh? Why did you have to take up the trumpet? With lips like yours, you should be a glassblower.
2: A
6: glassblower? Gee, I tried that when I was on Earth. One day, instead of blowing, I inhaled. (laughs) Then I had to walk around with a sign on my back, marked Fragile.
2: (laughs) Look,
5: Nathaniel, I don't care what happened to you on Earth. I only care what happens to me up here. Now go back to your place and please don't be flat.
6: Well, Mr. Beethoven, the music says B-flat, doesn't it?
5: (laughs) That doesn't mean you should be flat. That means play B-flat.
6: Oh, well, I wish I'd have known that a hundred years ago. (laughs) Could have saved so much trouble. All right, Mr. Beethoven, I promise you. Nathaniel! But... Nathaniel?
4: Huh?
6: Oh, hello, Nathaniel, Elizabeth.
4: I have wonderful news for you. The chief wants to see you.
6: The chief? Is there something wrong? What do I do now?
4: Oh, Nathaniel, don't be silly. You couldn't do anything wrong.
6: Oh, no? You don't think so. Stay around and
5: listen to him play the trumpet. <laughs> Better he should have the mute in his mouth.
6: I don't use a mute. I use a derby. Gee, Elizabeth, I'm so excited. Imagine the chief wanting to see me. How do I look?
4: Fine, fine. I'm
6: so nervous. Is my halo on straight?
4: Oh, it's perfect. Now, come on. Don't keep him waiting.
6: All right. Will you excuse me, Mr. Beethoven? It's pleasure.
5: All right, gentlemen. Now we can play.
6: Elizabeth, it's been so long since I've seen the chief, I, I won't know how to act.
4: Just be yourself, and don't let him frighten you. If he seems gruff, it's only because he's terribly busy, like all the other deputy chiefs. He has billions of small planets to look after. I
6: know, what a job that must be, keeping them in their own orbits. Well, we're almost there, and I'm so nervous. Hello, Elizabeth!
2: Hello, Daniel! Hello, Hello. Paul! That's
6: a beautiful horse, Mr. Revere rides. I wonder why he still carries those two lanterns.
2: Nathaniel,
4: you can ask him later. We haven't got time now. The chief is waiting.
6: Oh, uh...
3: you may not realize it, but getting rid of the Earth will be a big help in balancing the budget. Think of all the rain and snow we will save. Uh, yes,
2: that is an a night.
3: And don't forget the thunder and lightning that little planet uses up. Why, we'll cut our electric bills in half. And oh, uh, by the way, Horatio, remind me to talk to Halley about his comet. There's no point to its traveling around the Earth anymore. Uh, yes, Chief. Oh, here comes Elizabeth with the Samuel. Yeah, about time. Let him in. Here's a
4: Samuel, Chief.
3: Yeah, I know, I know. Uh,
6: he hasn't changed a bit. Oh, well. Nathaniel, how long have you been up here? Uh, 300 years, Gee. I'm from New Amsterdam, you know. Hmm. Hmm. What's your rank? Angel, junior grade, third phalanx, 15th cohort. (laughs)
2: Still junior
6: grade, eh? I don't know why I sent for you. Was it possibly about changing my rank, sir? No,
3: no. I see no reason for demoting you. Thank you, (laughs) Gee. I've been going over your record, and it's not too bad. It says here, Deportment B, Application B, Virtue A, Mentality. Well, this job doesn't require a genius anyway. (laughs) You'll do. Do what, sir? Do what? Destroy planet number 33974. 33974? Why, that's Earth, my home planet. What will all those people do without it? Where will they live? Well, some of them will come up here, and some of them will go to the other place. We have no time for sentiment. But, Chief, why are you destroying the Earth? Why? Simply because there's been nothing but trouble there. Now that the Second World War is over, it's in a bigger mess than it ever was. No peace, no harmony, no cooperation. If they want to end civilization, I'll end it for them. Elizabeth? Yes, Chief? See Cedar Nathaniel wears his proper clothes for a visit to the earth. You can attend to
6: all
4: that. Yes, I will, Chief.
6: See, it'll be nice wearing buckled shoes and long stockings again. I still have good-looking legs, you know.
4: Nathaniel, men's styles have changed on earth since you were there 300 years ago.
6: They have? Women's, too?
4: Oh, yes, many times. But now they have the new look, and they're right back to where they used to be.
6: Oh. Well, don't men wear long stockings anymore? Oh, no.
4: But don't worry, Nathaniel. Your knees will be covered. You'll wear long trousers.
6: Why can't I just wear my toga? I'm so used to it now.
4: Because, my dear Nathaniel,
3: you don't, we don't want you to be conspicuous. You've got an important job to do.
6: Oh. Well, Chief, how do I go about destroying the earth?
3: Horatio, hand me that horn. Yes, Chief. Here you are, sir. Now, Nathaniel, you simply blow four notes of the Judgment Day overture on this horn, and that will be the end of the earth.
6: She is the most beautiful trumpet I've ever seen.
3: It is not a trumpet. Ah. It's a very special kind of horn. Now listen carefully to these instructions. You'll proceed to New Amsterdam.
4: It's called New York now, Chief. Oh,
3: New York. Then Mercurius will arrange for your transportation. You will then check into the Waldorf Biltmore Hotel. And a few minutes before midnight, you will go to the roof. Yes, sir. Now this is very important, Nathaniel. The horn must be blown at midnight sharp. Yes, sir. Remember, that means precisely 12. 11.59 won't do. 12.01 won't do. It must be 12 on the dot.
6: Got that? Yes, sir. I'll see that the horn blows at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it to me. All right, now get going. If you do a good job, when you come back, you may find yourself an angel senior grade. Me, an angel senior grade? That means a raise in my base pay. (laughs) God. But
3: if you botch the job... You'll be back scrubbing clouds for the next 500 years.
6: Yeah, I hope not. My knees are still wet. But don't worry, Chief. I won't botch it. I'll make good.
3: That's the spirit. Now, are you ready to, uh... It's the interplanetary phone, Chief. Department of Small Planets. Chief speaking.
0: This is the salvage department. Any instructions, Chief?
3: Yes. Stand by to pick up a load of scrap at midnight. Hmm. That'll be all, Nathaniel. Are you sure you remember everything? Don't worry, Chief. I won't forget a thing. Goodbye. Wait a minute. Come back here. You forgot the horn. Oh, that's because I'm so excited. Well, goodbye, Chief. Goodbye, Elizabeth. You stay with him until he leaves. See that he gets away
2: in time.
4: Yes, Chief. Come along, Nathaniel. I'll walk you to the edge. I'm going to miss you, Nathaniel. Yeah,
6: Elizabeth? Yes. Well, I'll only be gone...
5: Hello,
6: about... Oh, hello, Noah. Going away? Yes, but I'll be home tomorrow. <laughs> well, when you get back, drop in. I'm having a little gathering in the ark. In the ark? Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good. Who's coming over? Oh, just a few couples. Oh, well, thanks.
2: <laughs> thanks
6: very much. I'll see you later. <laughs> Da-da-da-dee. Da-da-da-dee. What are we talking about, Elizabeth?
4: I said that I was going to miss you.
6: Oh, well, I'll only be gone one night, and then I, I'll come back, and we can spend the next hundred years together. Just talking about my trip. Gee, these earth clothes are funny. What do you call this again?
4: That's a vest.
6: And is this a doublet?
4: No, that's a coat.
6: Oh. But what is this label? I wouldn't want to wear someone else's clothes. Who are Hart, Scheffner, and Mark?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ethaniel. And by the way, I'd better give you some
6: money. Here. What are these, gilders?
4: No, these are dollar bills.
6: Oh, well, I wouldn't know about that. (laughs) See, they feel nice and crispy.
4: And these are $5
6: bills. Oh, I like these better. They feel even nicer and crispier. Look at the pictures on them. George is on one, and Abe is on the other. Yes,
4: Yes, you'll need them, Nathaniel. And now you'd better go. I'm
6: on my way, Elizabeth.
4: Nathaniel! Nathaniel! Oh, that's the
6: chief. Gosh, I hope he isn't calling me back. Nathaniel, I'm glad I caught you before you left. There's one
3: very important thing I forgot to tell you. What is it, chief?
6: Before you blow that horn, be
3: sure to check with Trillo. I don't want any trouble with him.
2: (laughs) Oh, I will,
5: chief. I will. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye,
2: Nathaniel. Goodbye.
5: Watch that first step. It's a pip. (laughs) I will. I will. See you tomorrow.
0: Listening to the Ford Theater, which tonight is bringing you Jack Benny, starring in The Horn Blows at Midnight with Claude Rains. A brief pause now before Act Two, and some timely hints on car values from Frank Martin.
1: Now again, Fletcher Markle.
0: And here's the second act of The Horn Blows at Midnight, starring Jack Benny as Nathaniel with Claude Rains as the Chief of the Small Planet. Now having arrived in New York City, is strolling down Broadway with the horn tucked under his arm. Since it was 300 years ago that he last saw this famous street, it's small wonder that he marveled at the changes.
6: So this is New York. I wonder why they changed the name. Look at that sign over there. Baseball today. Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees. Well, I... Like. Guess it does sound better than new Amsterdam Yankees. <laughs> Gosh, this place certainly is built up. I wish Peter Stuyvesant could see it. How they laughed when we bought Manhattan Island for twenty-four dollars. I bet we could double our money now. My <laughs> what big buildings! I never saw so many horseless carriages. Look at those yellow ones. See they go around the corner on two wheels. I wonder if they could get back on the coil, you jerk. You wanted to kill? No, thank you, not again.
2: <laughs> the
6: records would be all mixed up.
2: Hey, the... mister, you better wait for
4: the
7: light to change before you cross the street.
6: Light? Light to change?
7: Sure. You must be a stranger. Ain't you never been in New York before?
6: Oh, yes, yes. I come from New York, but I've been away for a long time.
7: Say, hey, that's a good looking trumpet you got there. Yeah. How about giving us a little bebop? Bebop? Yeah. that bebop-a-rebop?
6: Bebop-a- is that music?
7: Is it? It's out of this world.
6: Well, that's where I've been, and I've never heard of it.
2: <laughs>
6: bebop-a-rebop. Huh?
7: What band are you with?
6: Uh, Beethoven's Ethereal Melodians It's a very fine orchestra Ten thousand pieces
7: Ten thousand? Gee, they must sound louder than Spike Jones. Spike who? Jones. Didn't you ever hear him play All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth?
6: No, but it sounds like a very interesting selection I'll suggest it to Mr. Beethoven
7: (laughs) Beethoven, huh?
6: Yes, I play 455th trumpet I've been playing it for nearly 300 years
7: Hey, Johnny, this guy must be a little hut's Like a fruitcake. Uh, what's your name, Methuselah?
6: No, no, but I know him very well.
2: <laughs>
6: I, uh, in fact, I went to his birthday party last month, and he had the biggest cake. It took us two weeks to blow out the candles.
7: <laughs> hey, Jerry, let's get out of here before the wagon backs up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so long, Grandpa. Give my regards
6: to Beethoven. I will, I will. (laughs) Look at them run away. They were nice youngsters, though. People aren't so bad down here. (laughs) My, the streets are certainly crowded here in New York. Look at all those men and women going into that theater. Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Good old Bill. Wait till I tell him about this. He'd be so happy to know he's finally got a hit. (laughs) Gee, look at all the saloons on this street. I wonder what kind of a drink television is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. What's that big bird doing up there in the sky? So noisy, too selling out something. I.J. Fox. (laughs) Must be a store up there. No, no, that would be impossible. There he is, officer, that's him! Oh, yes, well, I'll handle him, kid. Hey, you
3: there, you with the horn.
6: Huh? Were you speaking to me? Yeah. Well, I understand
3: you've
5: been playing that trumpet you got there for the last 300
6: years. Yes, sir, I'm with Beethoven's Ethereal Melodian.
5: Oh, you are, eh? (laughs) Well,
6: what's your name? Nathaniel, third phalanx, fifteenth cohort.
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
6: And uh, exactly, how old are you? Three hundred and fifty-five. Of course, I tell everyone up there that I'm three hundred and thirty-nine. <laughs> really 355. Oh, oh. naughty, naughty, you're a bad boy. Well, it's only a white lie. You know, I I just can't get over how this town has changed, and the people, too. Where are the Indians? In Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah, Bob Hope's got them now.
2: (laughs)
5: Bob Hope?
2: Sure,
3: the big radio comedian. Don't tell me you've never listened to Hope.
6: No. What did he say? Hmm.
2: <laughs> now, uh, would you mind if I
6: asked oh, look, you? Look, I may be wrong, but I think that's the spot right there. Huh? The place where I was killed three hundred years ago. You were what? I was killed here three hundred years ago. I was run over by a cow. <laughs> I really was. A hit and moo driver. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Beethoven gets mad when I tell jokes. Like that. But it was my own fault, you know. I shouldn't have been out so late. Yes, well, look, uh. uh Nathaniel, 3rd Phalanx, 15th Cohort. Yeah. yeah. Look, Nathaniel, when did they let you out? A little while ago. Well, you're, you're going back, are Oh, of course. I just have to blow a few notes on this horn tonight, and then I'll return immediately. Oh.
5: Well, why wait till
3: tonight? Why not blow the horn now?
6: Oh, I I couldn't do that. You see, the chief said it wouldn't work unless it was exactly midnight on the dot. The
3: chief said that, eh? Yes, sir. Oh.
6: Well, I
5: guess there's no harm in letting you run along.
6: But you'll remember to go right home as soon as you blow the bugle. Oh, yes, yes, I will. (laughs) I certainly will. Just as soon as I blew it, I will. Well, well, goodbye. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. Oh, no, you won't. If you've been good, I will.
2: (laughs) Goodbye.
6: My, what a nice man.
2: Right inside the store here, folks, the
5: auction is about to begin. Now, friends, I have here in my hand, a timepiece that is acknowledged all over the civilized world as the finest example of watchmaking that human hands can create. My friends, just look at this watch. Look at the solid 14 karat gold-type case.
3: Gold-type case?
5: The jewel die consisting of 24 genuine artificial diamonds. <laughs> the real synthetic alligator strap... Fit for a king's wrist.
3: Jesus.
5: Ah, you like it, don't you? Well, I don't blame your friends. Now, who starts the bidding at $300? dollars Am I 300 dollars 300 dollars Who'll say $300? dollars One dollar? One dollar. I'll bid it up? All right, who'll make it a dollar and a half? Why friends the movement alone is worth that much? Who'll say, $1.50? $1.50? $1.50? say, $1.50? say <laughs> <laughs> a dollar and a half? A dollar and a half? A dollar and a half. Can anyone say a dollar and a half?
6: I can say a dollar and a half. A dollar and a half. I said it.
5: <laughs> so, to the intelligent-looking man with the horn, for a dollar and a half. Congratulations, sir. Here you are. Thank you, sir. My friend, you have a watch there that will last you a hundred
6: years. A hundred years? What will I do with it after that? Oh, well, I'll think of something. <laughs> I wonder where the Waldorf-Biltmore Hotel is. That's where I have to go. I better ask someone. Watch
5: me get your piper's here. Watch me read all about it.
6: I beg your pardon, but I'm... A poiper? You want a poiper, mister? Poiper?
2: <laughs> uh,
6: what's a poiper? A A paper. <laughs> No, no, thank you. But could you uh, could you direct me to the Waldorf-Biltmore Hotel?
5: Oh, it's tiny. tiny. it's one block
6: down and two blocks to the right. Thank you. I understand it's a lovely place. Headed best. I wouldn't live nowhere else. Oh, then you live there? Sure, I got the penthouse there. I just sell these papers for a hobby. My dad owns the four-way code tablet. Oh. <laughs> well, if you have the penthouse, we'll be neighbors. I'll see you over there. That is, if you get home before midnight. Well, thanks again. Goodbye. Goodbye. I don't know where they come from, but I always get them. Poipers, get your
5: poison here, poipers.
6: Da-da-da-dee, da-da-da-dee. Da, da, yeah, it was nice of him to direct me to the hotel. The earth can't be so bad with people like him on us. I wonder if the chief isn't making a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't, Oh, but... oh. oh, I didn't say it, chief. I was just thinking. It's just that it seems such a pity. I mean, there's so many nice. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it, Chief. Don't worry, I'll do it. You see, Elizabeth,
3: he's weakening already. I told you he was the wrong one to send. But,
4: Chief, he'll do it. He said he would. He's on his way to the hotel now.
3: I've got a good mind to recall him and send someone I can rely on. Oh,
4: please, Chief, don't do that. Nathaniel's all right. It's just that he has such a soft heart.
3: Well, I should have sent an older angel. Daniel was only 339. Anyway, that's what he says.
2: But,
4: Chief.
3: How he got to look like that in only 339
4: years,
2: I'll never
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried, Elizabeth. Oh,
4: why don't you wait and see? I'm sure everything will be all right.
3: It If be. that horn doesn't blow at midnight, I'll drop him out of the phalanx. <laughs>
6: This is Waldorf Biltmore. My, what a beautiful hotel. Sure is crowded, too.
5: Paging Mr. Davis, Mr. Charles Davis. Paging Mr. Davis. Paging Mr. Caesar, Mr. Caesar, please. I'll
6: take it, boy. Is that for Julia? No, sir. Irving. Oh, oh, I don't know. Paging
5: Mr. Caesar, Mr. Irving, Caesar.
6: Oh, fiddlesticks. I wanted to ask him how to get to the roof. So near midnight. I'll ask that man at the desk
0: boy, take this luggage up to 10.23, huh? Oh, good evening, sir.
6: Uh, good evening. Could you tell me how to get to the roof?
0: Why, yes, sir. You take that last elevator. It's an express.
6: Thank you. And uh, is that clock up there on the wall correct? Yes, sir. It's exactly 10 minutes before midnight. You're quite certain? Oh, yes, sir. The sun rises and sets by that clock. I'm afraid you've been misinformed, if you don't mind my saying so. See, the sun's movements are completely independent of this planet. However, I will accept the time as 11.51 p.m.
5: Thank you very much. I'm sure Western Union will be deeply
6: grateful. <laughs> oh, that's perfectly all right. Are you stopping at the hotel? Yes, for a short time. You staying overnight? No, and neither are you.
2: <laughs> well, goodbye.
6: Goodbye. Going up? Yes, the roof, please. Oh, that's a lovely elevator you have here.
5: Eh, when you've seen one, you've seen them all. I suppose so.
6: Is your name
2: Otis? <laughs>
5: yeah, how'd you guess? Otis J. Elevator, that's
6: me. I'm pleased to meet you. I'm a Nathaniel, third phalanx, 15th cohort. Why, it's nice in here, so intimate and cozy.
5: man it ain't so cozy when you have to stand in it all night long.
6: All night long?
5: Well, from six at night till two
6: in the morning. Really? And I have good news for you. Tonight you're getting off at 12.
5: <laughs> hey, that's funny. The chief didn't tell
6: me anything about it. Well, he told me.
5: Well, I hope you're right. Uh, Here's the roof, sir.
6: Thank you. Da 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 dee, da 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 dee. Yeah, I wish I could get that right. Da 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 dee. What a beautiful sight up here on the roof. And all the stars are out tonight. There's Jupiter, Mercury, and Venus. Hello, Venus. Gee, she's pretty. Well, it's only five more minutes till midnight. Better get ready to blow the horn. Here's a good place to stand. Right near the edge. I think I... What's that? Is someone there? Why, it's a girl. And she's crying. Uh, Don't cry, miss. Whatever it is that's troubling you will be over very soon.
2: It'll never be over. Never. Never.
6: Oh, yes. Yes, it will. And... Just a couple of minutes.
4: Please go away. Let me alone, can't you?
6: But I assure you, you have absolutely nothing to worry about.
4: He doesn't
7: love me. He's sending me away. Well, I won't go back home. I won't.
6: (laughs) You can't very well go back home if you're not alive.
4: Not... Not alive? Yes, of course. That's the answer. The only answer. It's all clear now.
6: Well, I'm very happy to have been of service. (laughs) Less than two minutes left.
4: I'll show him. I wonder what he'll say when I'm gone.
2: Well, here goes. Goodbye, Andrew.
6: Wait. Wait, you mustn't. You mustn't
5: jump.
2: Let me go. Let me go. No, no, you can't. Why not? It was
4: your idea.
6: But suicide is a mortal sin. You
4: let go of me. Be
6: patient. Just a few more seconds.
7: No, I won't be talked out of it.
6: You've
5: got
2: to
5: listen to me now. There's very little time. Hey, Peggy. Peggy. Andrew. What? Who's this? Oh, Peggy, darling. Hey, you, get your hands off my girl.
6: Let go of me, mister. It's midnight. I've got to blow my horn. I ought to jam it down your throat. My horn?
7: (laughs) Oh, let him go, Andrew. He didn't do anything.
3: Oh, Peggy, I've been such a fool. Can you ever forgive me? As soon
5: as you left, I realized what a mistake I made. Oh, Peggy, I'll never let you go again, believe me. Well, let go of me, then, and put your arms around her. Please, Andrew, it's midnight. i got to blow the horn.
8: Oh, Andrew, I'm so happy I could start crying all over
5: again. Look, not tonight, baby. We're going to celebrate. Come on. Wait, wait, give me back my horn. Here you are, bud. Catch.
6: <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. It's falling all the way down the street. I won't have time to get it. What am I going to do? Now, I'll never get to be an angel senior grade. What am I going to tell the chief? I couldn't help it, chief. I couldn't help it. Give me another chance. Please, chief, please. Just one more chance. I want to be a senior. <laughs>
0: Act two of tonight's Ford Theater presentation of The Horn Blows at Midnight, starring Jack Benny with Claude Rains. Time out again very briefly and Frank Martin speaking for the Ford Motor Company.
1: The Ford Theater presentation of The Horn Blows at Midnight will be resumed after a brief pause for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Markle, again, and now for the third act of The Horn Blows at Midnight, starring Jack Benny as Nathaniel and Claude Rains as the Chief.
5: Elizabeth, of all
3: the angels who could have done the job, you had to recommend Nathaniel. But,
4: Chief, it wasn't his fault. Nathaniel was only trying to stop that poor girl from committing suicide, a mortal sin. Well,
3: that wasn't his job. He should have obeyed orders. There are too many people down there committing mortal sins. That's why Earth has to be destroyed.
4: Please, Chief, give Nathaniel another chance. After all, you've only lost one day.
3: I know, I know, but Nathaniel has botched up every assignment I ever gave him. Remember two months ago when I put him in the weather department? All he had to do was to see that the clouds went in the right direction and what happened. He got the elements so mixed up, it snowed in California.
2: <laughs> Nathaniel.
3: Nathaniel, Bob.
2: No, but,
4: Chief, that was an accident. After all, he was new on the job, and he just didn't know.
3: Imagine snow in California. He knows very well it's not even supposed to rain there.
2: <laughs>
3: That's where we keep our Smog. No, Elizabeth, I have no alternative. Nathaniel must be recalled.
4: Chief, if you recall Nathaniel, now you'll destroy all his confidence. He tried so hard to make good. He was so happy at the chance to become an angel, senior grade. If you take that chance away from him, you'll break his spirit. And that's all he's got left. (laughs) Oh, please, chief. Be just a little more patient with him, won't you? Elizabeth,
3: I don't know why I let you talk me into these things, but you always do.
4: Then you'll give Nathaniel another chance? Oh, thank you, Chief, thank you. You're so good and kind, and he'll be so grateful.
3: Well, you better blow that horn at midnight tonight, or else. And that's my last word, else. I'll thunder him his direction.
6: (laughs) It certainly was nice of the chief to give me another chance. Lucky this horn didn't break when it hit the street. I'll just have to make good tonight. Let's see, there's still a little time before midnight. I guess I'll sit here in the lobby for a while. It certainly is a busy hotel. Changing
5: Mr. Caesar, Mr. Irving Caesar, please.
6: Hmm. Same one he paid yesterday. I'll have to ask Julius if he has any relatives down here. (laughs) Julius is so nice. I think Brutus was definitely out of line. (laughs) Well, I got about 15 minutes yet. Yeah, I hope nothing goes wrong this time.
9: Pardon me. May I sit down here?
6: Oh, why, certainly. Certainly, there's plenty of room. Oh, thank you.
9: Whoops.
6: Wait till I remove the horn. (laughs) There you are.
9: Thank you. Isn't this a beautiful hotel?
6: Yes, yes, it is.
9: I've had such a busy day. And you know, in about an hour, the limousine is coming back for me. And I have to go to a midnight supper at the Stork club. Really? Yes. And then I'll have to go home and get some rest because tomorrow I have so much more to do. I'm going to Saks Fifth Avenue and buy a complete wardrobe for my trip to Honolulu. Oh, you're
6: going to Honolulu? Oh,
9: yes, I have to go. You see, I hit the giant jackpot on singing again, and I've been traveling ever since. <laughs> I, uh,
6: I don't understand. And not what...
9: only that, they've painted my house inside and out, and it looks so strange now. Oh. I loved it the way it was.
6: Well, look, lady I'm Mrs. Watson Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Watson? My name is Nathaniel Nathaniel? A third phalanx, 15th cohort
5: <laughs>
6: Oh, I've never been there Oh, no, no, it isn't a place Paging
5: Jack Benny
6: Mr. Jack Benny, please Paging Jack Benny uh, Mrs. Watson, what uh, I meant oh, to oh, say Oh, wait a minute You
9: hear that? What? They're paging Jack Benny.
6: Jack Benny? Yes. Haven't
9: you ever heard him on the radio?
6: Well, well, no, no. No,
9: I I... I hope he's living in this hotel. I might see him. He's simply wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to him every Sunday, even though I can't win anything. (laughs) What does this you Benny... You know the thing I like about him? What? But... He pretends to be stingy and cheap. And I'm sure he's not that way at all. <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: uh... He isn't?
9: No, I can tell just by listening to him that he's the sweetest, kindest, and the most generous man in the whole world.
6: <laughs> oh. Well, it's nice to know there are people like that.
9: And you want to know something? I almost met him a year ago. You did? Yes, I guessed he was the walking man. But they never called me on the phone. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I'd better wait out in front of the hotel now. The limousine will be coming any minute. The limousine? Yes. Governor Dewey is the one who has to take me to the store club. That's part of the jackpot.
2: Oh,
6: oh. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Watson. It was nice talking to you. Oh,
9: thank you, Mr. Phalanx.
6: Uh, no, no, no. It's a <laughs> Daniel, Third Phalanx, Fifteenth Cohort. A uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Well, now that was the sweetest old. Oh my goodness! That nice old lady thinks she's going to Honolulu tomorrow. And I have to. Oh no. <laughs> Look,
3: Elizabeth, look. A panel is weakening. Who cares whether anybody goes to Honolulu or not?
4: He cares, Chief. He worries about everything. That's why he's so, so...
3: Stupid. That's what he is, stupid. I still say we sent the wrong angel. No,
4: you didn't, Chief. He still has time. He'll go through with it.
3: And what's he sitting there for? Why doesn't he go up on the roof and get ready? Look, look what he's doing down there now, biting his nails.
4: Well, he's nervous.
3: Nervous about what? Destroying one of our smallest planets—it's ridiculous.
4: Well, warn him again, chief, so he'll know it's almost midnight.
3: All right, all right. I'll send him another thundergram.
6: Yes, yes, chief. I know. Well, I still got about seven minutes. Gee, I hope nothing goes wrong this time.
7: don't, Monsieur.
6: Huh? Oh, oh, hello, little girl. Hello. Are you lost?
7: No, monsieur, I am not lost.
6: Oh. Oh, I thought the way you were looking at me, you you wanted to ask me something.
7: No, no. So sad, sitting here all by yourself. I am sad. Why, monsieur?
6: Because of something I have to do at midnight. I'm worried about
7: it. Well, you mustn't worry. My mother told me even when we were in the camp not to be sad because someday everything would be all right. The,
6: uh, the camp? You were in... The... A
7: prison camp, monsieur, back in France.
6: Oh. Oh, I see. Did you do something wrong?
7: No, monsieur.
6: Well, Would uh... you
7: like a piece of my candy bar, monsieur?
6: No, thank you. Although I haven't had a bite since I came down here. <laughs> Except my nails. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Then please, take a bite of this chocolate bar.
6: Well, thanks, thanks. What's your name?
7: Angelique.
6: Angelique. That means little angel in French.
7: Oui, Monsieur.
6: You know, I'm an angel too.
7: <laughs>
6: I'm a big angel. Nathaniel, 3rd Phalanx, 15th Cohort. What's your cohort?
7: I don't know. Je ne Oh,
6: then you haven't been in this country long.
7: No. We just came on the boat this morning from France.
6: Oh, and did you say you were in a prison camp?
7: Yes, me and my mama. For three whole years. Then the Americans came and got us out.
6: Oh. Well, where's your mommy and your daddy? Well,
7: my mama is right over there. I don't know where my daddy is. He used to be a soldier.
6: Oh. Oh, well, Angelique, how is it that you speak English so well?
7: Mama has been teaching me a long time. Three whole years.
6: Three years? I suppose that is quite a long time for a mortal. Especially such a small mortal. And you don't know where your father is?
7: No, Monsieur. But Mama said he was the most wonderful man in the world. And we're all going to be together again someday.
8: Angelique?
7: Angelique, ici, Mama. Here I am.
8: Oh, I was worried when I did not see you.
6: Oh, she's quite all right. We were just sitting here talking.
8: He is a very nice man, Mama. Angelique, were you annoying this gentleman?
6: Oh, no, 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 not at all. We had a, such a nice chat, and Angelique was telling me what a wonderful man her father is, and <sighs> You're all going to be together again. Is he in New York?
8: Uh, no, monsieur. Angélique uh, would not understand, but he is... He Well, he was a great hero.
6: Oh, I see. And you just arrived from France this morning?
8: Yes. Uh, tonight we are going to take the train to Chicago. We are going to live with relatives there. I have not seen them for over ten years. But they have asked us to come to them.
6: Well, that will be nice. And your little girl can grow up in a good home-like... Oh.
7: Uh-oh.
6: Oh, my goodness. What am I saying?
7: You look sad again.
6: Yes, yeah, I just remembered something.
7: Mama, Mama, can I have another piece of candy? Angelique,
6: I just gave you a whole
8: bar.
7: I know, but I offered to share it with this man, and he ate the whole thing. Oh, <laughs>
6: Yes, I'm sorry. I just meant to take a bite.
8: Here's some money. You can buy another bar right over there. Thank you, Mama. You know, Monsieur, Angelique does not know that her father is dead.
6: Yes, I realize that.
8: She's too young to understand. You see, she was just an infant when he was killed. Monsieur... You don't think there can be another war, do you?
6: Well, not if I... No, I don't think so.
8: Another war would mean the end of everything. There is not a country in the world that could go through it again. Not the way they fight wars now. People would just destroy each other. They would? Oh, yes, monsieur, yes. And yet it seems... Very simple for a lot of people to forget about the time of war. They do not want to remember. But we must remember, monsieur. All of us. And take care. Or we will die for it. Now it is time for people to get to know each other. Now it is time for people to come together in the world.
6: But there's very little time left, you see.
8: I know, monsieur.
6: Oh. You do?
8: Of course. If we do not change ourselves soon, it will be too late. Though the war is over, there is much still not settled. It may take five years or even ten years before we find the answer to real happiness and understanding. But we will find it, monsieur. Monsieur. We must now reach out to each other and find out about each other. By coming here, Angélique and I have a chance to do that. And we are grateful. We must find peace with each other, monsieur, or we are
6: lost. Yes, yes, I'm sure you're right. But you see... Mama,
7: I have another candy bar. Would you like to share it with me, monsieur?
6: No, no, thank you. I've, I've had enough.
8: Well, come on, Angélique. We must go. Uh, goodbye, monsieur.
7: Uh,
6: monsieur... Nathaniel, third phalanx, 15th cohort. <laughs> uh, goodbye, Angélique.
7: Goodbye, monsieur. Goodbye.
6: Hmm. What a cute little girl. Spent three years of her life in a prison camp. Well, it's getting near midnight... Better take the elevator up to the roof. Going up, sir? Yes. Yes, the roof, please. Well, here's the roof, sir. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Well, it's almost midnight. I'm sure glad it's a nice night. It's the last one. Keep thinking about that little girl, Angelique, and her mother. He seemed so nice. All he wanted was a chance to live together in peace. Maybe most people are good. Maybe the war has been a lesson. If that's true, then the Earth shouldn't be destroyed. <laughs> Chief. Chief, do you think that I ought to go... But, Chief, you heard what she said, that little girl's mother. They've never had a chance before. Let them have it now. But, Chief, look, there must be millions of others just like them who need time to get to know each other. They have such hopes for the future. This is what Angelique's father gave his life for, to give other people a chance. And now you want to take it away from them. Chief, let's wait a while. Look, Chief, look. I suppose all these people down here don't get together. Suppose there is another war and the whole world destroy itself. They'll blow the earth to pieces. And then remember, Chief, that would take the responsibility off your shoulders. You won't be to blame. See? <laughs> See what I mean, Chief? You've waited this long thousands and thousands of years. What armors are waiting a little longer? Give them a chance. Maybe they will get to work and live together in peace. Everything will straighten itself out, and it'll be the way you want it to be. What is that, Chief? Oh. Then I won't have to blow the horn? I'm glad you changed your mind. Well, I'd like to come back now, Chief. I'd like to see you and Elizabeth and Horatio and... I'd even like to see Mr. Beethoven, too, even though he does holler at me all the time. From now on, I'm going to practice real hard and make him proud of me. Thanks, Chief. I'll leave right now. Going down, mister? Yeah? Going down? No, thank you. Up. Up.
1: Ford Theater in Hollywood, you have just heard Mr. Jack Benny starring in The Horn Blows at Midnight. Tonight's version for listening was prepared by Hugh Wedlock and Howard Snyder, and the original musical score was composed and conducted by Cy Fuhr. The Ford Theater, a full hour of dramatic entertainment, is brought to you every Friday by the Ford Motor Company, builder of Lincoln and Mercury cars, Ford trucks and farm tractors, and the new 1949 Ford car, officially chosen as the fashion car of the year. It's Ford for the new look in styling, and it's Ford for the new feel in driving. Drive a Ford and feel the difference. Now again, Mr. Markle.
0: May a director identify the principals in our cast tonight. In the foreground, the Chief. Was played, of course, by Mr. Claude Rains... who will soon be seen in the Hal Wallace production, Rope of Sand. Elizabeth? Was played by Mercedes McCambridge. Angely? Was Anne Whitfield? Angie Smugger? Was played by Jeanette Nolan. Mrs. Watson. Was Jane Morgan? Mr. Beethoven? Was Hans Connery?
7: Jerry and Johnny.
0: Were played by Jerry Farber and Johnny McGovern. Actively assisting were Paul McVeigh, Miriam Wolf, Eddie Marr, Joseph Kearns, Jane Avello, Julian Upton, Sidney Miller. Herb Vigran, Byron Kane, and uh, Shirley Mitchell. Anybody else? Yes, Nathaniel. Was played by Jack Benny. <laughs> well, Jack, I've uh, got a confession to make. What is it, Fletcher? After all the kidding we did on your program about the horn blows at midnight, I have to admit now that I never saw the picture. You didn't? I just couldn't bring myself to walk into the theater. Why? It's a complex I have, Jack, the fear of being alone.
6: (laughs) Oh. Well, anyway, Fletcher, I want to tell you it was really nice doing this show for you tonight, and I promise you one thing. If I ever make another bad picture, you can have first crack at it.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Jack. By the way, just one more question before I give you your check. Oh, the check. Yes, yes. It, you know, it slipped my
6: mind. <laughs>
0: Get your hand out of my pocket. Oh. oh. <laughs>
6: yes, excuse me.
0: What is it you wanted to ask me, Fletcher? Well, you always kid so much about your age. Tell me, Jack, and be on the level this time. How old are you, really? Fletcher, I'm 39.
6: No, come down now. <laughs> so long, Fletcher.
0: Goodbye, Jack, and see you again we will be listening to your regular program on CBS this coming Sunday night, when Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman will be your guests. Now, to next week. Next week on the Ford Theater, we're going to have a story with music. Our star is Mr. Bing Crosby, and our story is one of his most recent films, Welcome Stranger. It's a pleasant portrait of a young doctor who goes to a small New England town so that the local physician can take his first vacation, and then suddenly find himself an unwelcome stranger. We're very happy to have with Mr. Crosby Mr. Barry Fitzgerald playing his original role and we'll be welcoming back Miss Anne Blythe for a return visit. We hope you'll be with us. And until next week until Bing Crosby, Anne Blythe, and Barry Fitzgerald in Welcome Stranger, this is Fletcher Markle with a good night and thank you from all of us in the Ford Theater. <laughs>
1: at midnight was presented to the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of the Academy nominated Johnny Belinda starring Jane Wyman and Lou Ayr The Ford Motor Company invites you to join us again next week at this hour to hear Bing Crosby Barry Fitzgerald and Anne Blythe starring in Welcome Stranger This is Frank Martin speaking (laughs) This is CBS The Columbia Broadcasting System Thank mm-hmm. you.